Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. Good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show, seen exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by co-host Charles Edmund, Horn State Radio Network, who is live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Charles, good morning to you. Huge ball game tonight. Good morning, Carlos. It's always a pleasure to see you, and it's always a pleasure to come to Baton Rouge, one of my favorite places to visit in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. You're being kind, Charles. Is it because of the success <laughs> that all Core State has had over the past uh, decade, or is it just Baton Rouge is just such a nice place? All of that, the food, the fun, the Jaguar Nation, the city, the crawfish, the crab legs, all of that and more. And tonight is just another example of 
what's a, a lot at stake here tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this thing goes down at six o'clock. You know, this is one of those games to me, Carlos, and I will dig into it. You know, a, a, a win won't guarantee you the Western Division. But if you're Southern University, you're playing another elimination game. The Braves are the only team in the West that have yet to lose a game in the division. So, you know, the West could be turned on its side a little bit if Southern wins this game tonight. But for the Braves, if they win this game, I don't think the Jaguars are going to get to where they want to be with two losses both in the division. You know, we'll dive into it, but it, it's it's we got five weeks left in the regular season. Still a lot could happen. you got four teams still alive, but this is a huge game to determine a number of things at the end of this night. Well, you know what I'm going to say. You can't look too far ahead. You got to win the week. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into the particulars of the uh, of the game. But you look at that Southern University football team. They have grown immensely. They've had their back to the walls the last couple of weeks. You can even, hell, say after Texas Southern, after a disappointing loss. And I know sometimes there's added pressure at home, but the makeup of this football team, doing what they did last week, and and we've got a lot to talk about, last week meaning Prairie View A&M, going in, you know all the the storylines for that football game, and they were able to go in with their backs against the wall and come out victorious against Prairie View A&M. So this week, it's the same situation. Back is to the wall. However, for the Jaguars, if they're able to take care of business today, they will leave. And you're right. One game doesn't make a break. Well, at least make for a championship play. A loss of a Southern University, it's going to be tough. For Alcorn, if it happens, one loss in, in the conference. But what it does do, if Southern wins this ball game today, they'll at least have a tiebreaker if that scenario comes up against Prairie View and Alcorn State. And the reason why I say you can't look too far ahead because all of the games count. But as you stated, when it's within the division, it, it seems to weigh heavily. Uh, way more, but Southern still has, and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the month of October will tell us all we need to know, and Southern still has Jackson and FAMU back-to-back, so I'll make this statement. If Southern University is in the SWAG championship game, they would have damn well earned it because they have had a tough, tough row of games, but you got to look at one week. Win the week. Go zero. That is the job. Let me do this. Guest menu, of course, uh, for October 15th, Charles Edmund, Jim Klein. Peter will join us very shortly. Um, Quincy Reshaw, a former Southern University quarterback, is, is back. And and with him coming back, one of the things, you remember, Charles, a few weeks ago after Southern lost to Texas Southern and uh, Bashawn McCray was really getting it from everybody. He came on and talked about he was in that same situation. Now look what has happened. I got it in my notes, but Sean McCray has grown up. That's a term I've used. You know, or you can say improved 
so much in that uh, time frame. And Quincy Reshore talked about how talented he was. And I think his statement was, this guy has so much talent. He's just got to get in the room and go through his progressions, et cetera, et cetera. So Quincy Reshore joins us. Brandon B.J. Jones will join us. And then also Coach Carlos James. And, and, and the reason I'm bringing him on, because I didn't know he was a color analyst on the UAPB radio network. He's seen both teams. And we'll just get his perspective on the big game tonight. It, it, it's a big game. Now, what's trending, Charles? The SWAC. It's just a statement on Southern University and Prairie View and them altercation. A lot of people have talked about it. What happened? I've gotten different versions. So my official, I guess I can say it, comment is it's shameful that what happened. I know uh, on social media there was a going back and forth. Coach Julie, former football coach at Prairie View and them, I understand everyone knows all of this. But you could kind of see the testosterone just building all week. And unfortunately, it was an altercation all across social media. Uh, the conference, the official statement, along with two respective member institutions, are collectively reviewing video footage of the altercation in order to positively identify all participants. In addition to investigating the altercation, the conference office is also currently reviewing the game day security protocols that were in place for the respective contests. And, and I'm sure every team in the conference, when they have home games, they have a security protocol in place. They're going to um, look at that and not just Southern and Prairie View, but everybody. Uh, also, it says due to the lack of ability to identify all participants by using uniform jersey numbers, Along with the limited number of high-quality camera angles available for review, this investigation has taken additional time in order to ensure, ensure thoroughness in regard to accurately determining all individuals that were active uh, participants. And then it goes on to say they will notify the schools with uh, the supporting documentation. And then they also talk about the conference upholds an extremely high standard of good sportsmanship and does not condone unsportsmanlike behavior. So, Charles, it's unfortunate that it happened. We'll see what the conference will come up in the investigation. I'm not going to get on here and say Purview was at fault, Southern was at fault. It was enough blame to to go go around. Yep. Um, all I can say is that, you know, and I know a lot of people, a lot of our fans are wondering, you know, was there going to be any punishment doled out for this game? And oh. you can tell, well, I mean, hey. This, this, yeah, no, I, I, no, I know why. I know why. Yeah, we I all know, know why. why. We, we, we all know why. We understand why. Uh, but I kind of had a feeling. I didn't know for sure. But just the way the media ebb and flow works, come Monday, Tuesday, there was nothing from the conference office. Then Wednesday rolled around. I kind of felt like there was not going to be any any punishment doled out for this week's games. Um, and I saw the video, Carlos. 
And I didn't see a lot of it, but I, what I saw with my own five eyes, and I have five of them because I can't really see that well. I have four, but I, I need another one. Uh, yeah, with, with these eyes. I couldn't really tell numbers and all of that based on what I saw. Now, a friend of mine saw another another footage of it that had numbers. But nonetheless, this is huge because the conference wants to get this right. And you want to get it right based on the video footage that you have at your disposal. If it's not clear, you just can't dole out punishment based on stuff that you really can't see or be definitive. So I get it. Um, but I think the one thing, you know, the one positive for Southern is there's obviously not going to be any punishment for this game. Um, next week, you got Lynchburg. Then the following week, Jackson State. You don't know. You don't know what the conference is going to do. So let's just take our time here. Conference is doing their due diligence. Um, you know, the security protocols, I'm sure that will be handled between the conference and the institute and Parade View. But I think you want to make sure you get this right because then you're going to have problems if you don't get it right. So I, I, I get it. So I just, let's just, and I'm with you. Let's just wait and see what the conference says. They're going to review all the footage in different angles. I only saw one. I don't know how many other, you know, different types of footage from different people were shot. I don't know. But whatever the case, let's allow them to do their work. Let's allow them to get the evidence and be clear in terms of who did what. And then we'll go from there. That's that's all I can say, because you don't want to mess this up because it's just too much at stake. You know, you had a situation where you had a couple of soccer teams kind of get into it and there was some uh, some harsh penalties there. So the conference wants to get this thing right and let them do their work, let them get all the footage that they can get. Because this is huge. I mean, there's a lot at stake for Prairie View. There's a lot at stake for Southern. And you don't want to lose players. You know, I initially thought there wouldn't be any suspensions. And we haven't heard any yet. And so we'll we'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, unless right before game time, <laughs> I think Southern, uh, with Jackson State last year, when and Jackson State had the altercation when apparently Jackson State tried to plant a flag after the after the game and Southern players were not having it. Um, that's a situation I remember, but, um, you know, sports is not separate from society and we look at society, I mean, from parents getting into it at little league games. And and so there's a standard that you have to have. And, um, the conference will issue out whatever, if you know, when it, when it first happened, then I'm gonna move off of this. Um, I was like, Wow. Maybe uh, a fine. I didn't really think about suspensions, but then suspensions, also um, a public reprimand, and then also um, community service, anger management class. But <laughs> they they have they have a, a set standard how they're going to deal with it, and uh, we're just going to have to wait and, and and see what happens with with that. But um, Again, it's just sad and unfortunate and shameful that it it it, it happened. Um, Grammar State University and Southern University men's basketball programs have been selected to play in the NBA HBCU Classic 2023. The NBA announced today, and they'll uh, play that game at the University of Utah's John H. Huntsman Center in 
Salt Lake City, February 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This will be the second NBA HBCU Classic that will be simulcast on TNT, ESPN2, and NBA TV. And uh, according to information from last year, both participants uh, netted about $100,000. So, hey, a very good thing for Southern and Grambling State. And uh, and I guess this is going to be something that's going to be done annually by uh, uh, the NBA. So that's what's trending on the Colos Brown show. Southern University last week, 45 to 13 over Prairie View and them Panthers. Uh, for Southern, three and two overall, two and one in conference play. Um, Southern University outscores Prairie View and them 35 to zero in the fourth quarter. Um, Deshaun McCray has really improved going through his present uh, progressions, his check down reads. He is really running the offense very well. The defensive front seven has been solid. And if you look, the second half of the Texas Southern game, Southern University's defense what gave up three points, I believe, per um, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, only gave up three points, and then 13 points to Prairie View, but no points in the second half. They have been outstanding, and they're going to continue to get better. Uh, special teams play has been outstanding for Southern University. From Joshua Griffin, who's now the number one field goal kicker, Luke Jackson, who Charles, you remember last year, uh, kicked the winning field goal. Then you got uh, <laughs> Braxton Blackwell, the long snapper that they brought in. Uh, Charles, it's going to be all right. It, it, that was last year, Charles. That was last year. And, and, and then what also, that? Um, yeah, that, 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 that was last year. You, you, can't, you can't focus <laughs> on that. You can't be in the rearview mirror. You, you really can't. And, and then uh, Rovins Boatplane, who was on the sideline for Alcorn last year. I saw something where I think he's number one in the FCS in punting right now, net punting, punting average. So special teams have been outstanding. Lights out. And, of course, the offense with the receiver core and the chemistry with Bashawn McCray, they've been doing well. But 45-13, to 13, uh, Southern University over Prairie View, a&M. And then if you look at some of the team statistics, we'll just give you a few numbers. Total offense, Southern 462 yards on 58 plays. Prairie View 321 yards on 63 plays. The Jaguars averaged eight yards per play. That was outstanding. Third down conversions, they were 7 and 11. So this football team is peaking at the right time. Huge ball game tonight with all corn state charles yeah i mean this is i mean we kind of felt and following southern that with the loss to texas southern they were going to have to win these next three and they've done two of the three so now we'll see what happens tonight i mean you, you got to get it done tonight and for the braves they got to get it done you know again this is not a game that's going to determine the west but for one team it's staying alive and for another team just trying to stay on course and that, that's where we are. You know, typically when we play Southern and vice versa, it's typically a little bit different set of circumstances. 
But you just, I mean, I know we don't want to look ahead too far, but I was looking at the schedules this morning, and it's tough for both teams. We still have to go to Prairie View on a short week. We still have to go to Grambling. Uh, and so in Texas Southern, they're just kind of sitting in the weeds right now. I mean, they got two losses, but that win over Southern is still in play. Um, so I'm sure Texas Southern fans are pulling for Southern to hope to, to get the Braves one loss, and then Texas Southern comes all corn next week. I want to I mean, don't want to look too far ahead, but the schedules you just got to look at it. And you talked about it. You still got to go to Jackson. You still got to go to Tallahassee. Florida and M's trying to stay alive. So there's a lot of moving pieces. You know, whoever wins this game will have short-term gratification for the winner of this game. Whoever loses this game will have short-term depression because you've got to pick yourself right back up off the mat next week with some tough games. You got Lynchburg next week on homecoming, but then you got Jackson State following that. Then we've got Texas Southern next week. So this game will not, you know, won't, won't seal the fate necessarily for Southern. If they lose this game, probably won't get there. It's going to take a lot. You know, you got to climb over a couple of teams in the West that you don't have tiebreakers on. If you lose this game, it's a lot to have happen. That's out of your hands. But this game can go, you know, a pretty good ways in determining who stays in the hunt. And I think that's just as important halfway through this season. So it, it's a lot. This game here, Carlos, so many memories. You know, you go back to Steve McNair breaking the record against this team. The Charlie Ward, Ward Dunn game here. I'm going to interview Lenoris Footman at halftime. Remember Lenoris Footman? Lenoris Footman well. coming in off the bench. When John Gibbs got hurt, third play of the game, rushed for 274 yards against this Jaguar team. In the muck and the mire, it was a torrential rainstorm. That was the last year's Mumford had grass. The next year they got turf after that. Going to talk with Lenore Swidman. Wise decision. Yeah, wise decision. Very, very much so. But just to, you know, just to reminisce of, of that year, that game, because he led us to a championship. So, I mean, so there's just so many great memories of this rivalry, you know, and we've been in each other's way. I mean, let's call, let's call that what it is. First two championship games on campus, Alcorn Southern University. We've been in each other's way for a long time, Carlos, and this is another one of those games in which we're in each other's way. And so someone's going to get pushed out of the way a little bit tonight. So there's just so many good storylines coming out of this thing. And I think it's going to – with Dooley and this high-flying offense – but our defense is one of the best in the FCS. Ten sack game against McNeese. We had six sacks against Valley last week. So is it going to be the chess match, Dooley's offense versus Cedric Thomas's defense? That's going to be a good storyline to follow. Our defensive line has been stout, powerful, violent, physical. We're going to have to have that tonight because Dooley's going to try to play chess and try to move those pieces around. So just one of many storylines for this game tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, it's going to be very interesting because I, I, I did pull up some stats. I was looking, and, yeah, that did jump out to me, uh, sacks. But I think it also gives an opportunity for the defensive line against Southern's offense. Southern's number one in rushing offense in the conference. Alcorn is number two. And Southern's offensive line is not chopped liver. Trust me. They rotate players in defensively. They rotate. And that's kind of one of the things coach Dooley talked about. Um, he thinks this team is one of the most conditioned teams, not only in the swag, but in FCS. So that's a store storyline. 
when you talk about some memorable games, even when Coach Richardson was here, Alcorn always a thorn in the side. I remember uh, Charlie Spiller catching, uh, at, I think he was a freshman then, catching, getting one foot down in the back of the end zone, only lost Southern had. Then last year, and I love it, Charles, short memory, short-term memory last year, interim coach defeats Alcorn, something that the previous coach just struggled against. It's funny how fate is. Fate. That's really interesting. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. You're, you're throwing it's, salt it's, in the wound, it's, it's, Carlos. It's the wound hadn't healed yet, Carlos. You're throwing salt in the wound. <laughs> Throw it over my shoulder. But, um, <laughs> hey, but a rivalry is supposed to go back and forth, correct? And Alcorn yeah. has had the upper hand. So the way I look at it, Southern still owes them uh, a few more, few more losses. Yeah. And it would be great to start today. You got a lot of media attention. You've got uh, celebrities already in town for this ball game. We can safely say this is the game of the week in the Southwest Athletic Conference. And hell, you can almost say it's the game of the week in Black Collar. Absolutely, absolutely, it is, and it's just it's just a great rivalry, you know, two schools, two hours apart. And you always talk about how the closest school geographically to Southern University is Alcorn. And so I, you know, I think that adds a little spice to it. You know, I talked with Fred McNair this week on a show, whether or not that loss last year had the players talked about it, still a little steamed about it. He said, no, he said, this, this, this team let water roll off their back. They didn't even talk about it. So that's a good thing. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't want to look back and, you know, it's not in their gut a little bit, according to him. So, Hey, we, we roll on, lean forward, and uh, and and let's let's get it kicked off at six o'clock. But I I do think, you know, when you look at Alcorn versus duly coached teams, whether it's at with Kincaid at Grambling, whether that Prairie View, it's always been high scoring, like it was last year. I expect it to be that type of game again, back and forth. You know, we found a little bit in the passing game last week. It was a concern of our fans and a lot of people. Aaron Allen threw for three hundred yards last week, and we talked about continuity you know, with quarterback in the offense. And it looked like we came around a little bit against Valley. I think we're going to have to do a little bit more of that. You know, because I think that, uh, Southern's going to be really trying to stack the box because Jarvion Howard, I mean, he's just a beast. The Braves were able to run the football last year against this team. Different defense, though. So we'll see if, the, you know, if the Braves' characteristic still holds in terms of grounding pound first. We'll see how that goes. But Southern, you talk about balance. I was looking at the numbers. Southern pretty balanced with McRae in the passing game and being able to run the football. So I think this is going to be a pretty good chess match, and special teams could very well play a factor as well. So it's just – it's a lot of dynamic in this game, a lot of factors, the turnover situation, penalties, you know, how we're going to handle the kickoff returns. Are we going to do short kicks, coffin corner kicks? Because remember that short kick in last year's game gave Southern good field position, and they moved the ball down the field to win it at the horn. So we'll, we'll see what Lane Powell's special teams looks like tonight. For the Braves, looking forward to that, to seeing how we can keep, uh, we can back Southern up a little bit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the different dynamics and the different chess matches inside of this game. It's going to be interesting. Someone just texted me, tell Charles, Mississippi Valley State defense 
is not <laughs> it's not like Southern's defense. Southern's defense is much better. But as Coach Dooley said, you prepare for a passing attack and a running attack. Quite obviously. You you, you want to stop the run first. And um, you know, just my humble opinion, you stop the run and you force Alcorn to beat you throwing the football. And if they do it, you'll live with it. But I guess his point was Southern's defense, I think, is number two in scoring defense and number two overall. It's going to be interesting. Wow. Let the games play. Let them get played. Go take a quick time out. When I come back, be joined by Jim Kleinpeter. Um, you can read his articles online at The Advocate. He has a prediction out already. I've gotten predictions early this week from uh, Southern fans, Charles. Maybe I'll sh- share a few. Some of them don't even have it close. Also, someone said, I hope Charles picks Alcorn because the last two weeks he's picked against Southern. And we saw how that happened. I, I think you had Prairie winning. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We shall see. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show, Black College Sports Network. We will be right back. Welcome back to Earth. Thanks. It was pretty life-changing. Dude, it was eight and a half minutes. I didn't even get to finish my burrito. Technology lets you vacation in space, but to get work done on Earth, you need more than technology. You need CDW. So with the Cisco hybrid work environment, we can deliver the same network experience to all your offices. Space begins. Securely connecting your team from anywhere. Houston, we have a solution. We get it, Greg. You've been to space. Cisco makes hybrid work possible. CDW makes it powerful. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Supermarket. 
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to bring up uh, Jim Klein Peter in in a, in a minute here. Uh, Charles, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay, okay. We uh, we were just uh, had Jim Klein Peter in the green room, and um, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, get his audio set. That's what they were working on. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm getting text messages already. Um, okay. Trying to uh, work it out there. Thanks Thanks a lot, Jim. Um, getting text messages and the excitement about this football game. But I'm, I'm going to go back to, once again, even with the excitement, you can't look too far ahead that schedule I, that schedule is crystal clear it really is and you know what's come who's coming up but you got to have a short-term memory you can't think about what happened last week preview good victory but if you look too far ahead you got to be focused right on the game uh today and, and i actually pulled up one of jim's uh article Southern versus Alcorn State. What's at state? Predictions, players to watch, and more. And and it's interesting. Key matchups. Uh, Jim talked about Southern's cornerbacks matchup. Uh, Demetri and Marcel and Christian Davis against Alcorn's wide receiver, C.J. Bowler. Now, Jim says Bowler's off to a slow start as the Braves break in a new quarterback, Aaron Allen, but Bowler has 40 catches for 668 yards and five TDs last season. He's a Vanderbilt tra- uh, transfer, 6-1-1-90. So that's one matchup he talks about. Uh, let's see. Jaguars, the Southern Passer game is flourishing. Played, of course, uh, Rudy Dyson, transfer from Tulane, Kentwood High School. Last week had five balls, catches for 96 yards. There's a chemistry that has developed uh, between Bashawn McCray and uh, Rudy Dyson. Also, August Petrie, two touchdowns. And, and, and what I like in this offense is he's spreading the ball around. You've got Sims coming out of the backfield. So if you're very aggressive and you're blitzing a lot, he won't have a lot of time sometimes if the offensive line is not up to par, but then you have your check downs, your backs out out the backfield and and they can be deadly. Kendrick Rhymes, also uh, Sims, excellent at catching the ball. So that is going to be interesting uh, uh, to watch. And of course, for the Braves, uh, Jarman Howard uh, saw him against the university of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, tremendous beast mode. But then last week I saw Mississippi Valley State concentrate on Alcorn and put in a lot of people in the box. So I think that's going to happen for Alcorn to show if they can be consistent. Last week was great. What he threw for 299 yards passing, Mr. Allen. Now, can they do it again this week if the opportunity presents itself? I will say this, Southern's defense it's much better than Mississippi Valley State. And then also, the back end is not bad. 
they have consistently put the offense in a short field, good field position, and also have scored points, you know, with pick sixes. Uh, Carter, transfer from Bowie State, had a pick six to close out the scoring for Southern last week. So this game has all of the makings of a, a, a tremendous matchup, Charles. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the back end of the defense for both sides, you know, with what Southern's done and what the Braves have done with K.J. Hitman Kinsler. You got Malcolm McGee back there on that back end. Claude Cherlouse, who had been out for a couple of games, um, returned last week um, against against Mississippi Valley. I think the back end of the defense, I think, is is, is even. It's going to it's gonna be determined up front, you know, what, what the Braves' offensive line is going to be able to do against this aggressive Southern defensive line. Aaron Allen's going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, Valley clearly stopped the run, slowed down the run. We had a lot of stuff stuff on the edges early on as Aaron Allen started out hot. I think if he if he does that and loosens things up, I think that'll help the Braves' running attack. So I, I do think both teams really want to open up the playbook, but it's not going to be that simple. I think both teams have to be patient to press the panic button, and just the other little things are going to come into play: penalties, turnovers, special teams. I think that will be critical in determining field position, how the fields get flipped. You know, that's in, that's important. You know, for us, you know, last week, um, a kicker kind of had a tough day, only averaging like 27 yards per, per kick last week. That's going to be key in terms of flipping the field. So I, I think those little things are important. Obvious stuff is going to be there, but it's the smaller things that you kind of overlook, you know, like flipping the field or lack thereof or a penalty or a turnover. Those things can can help determine who wins or who loses this game. It always has been that way when we play these teams. I mean, it's always been close. You know, if you go back to the SWAC championship game a couple of years ago, Javon Morrison, a kid who really didn't really do a whole lot on special teams, had an 86-yard kickoff return that kind of opened the game. I mean, so that's the way this rivalry has been. Guys that you don't expect to make plays, make plays. You know, and so I, I think it's going to be one of those games you know, as well. McRae is growing up at quarterback. We kind of knew it was going to be some growing pains there early on. Aaron Allen, the transfer from Louisiana Tech, a little bit of growing pains early on, but he threw it well last week. Can he can he be consistent and make two games in a row in which he's doing some good stuff? So I, I think there's a lot of little good storylines here in this game, and I think it's the excitement of this game. You can tell the buildup of it. You know, the winner of this game, no guarantee you're going to win the West, but the loser, especially for Southern, it'll be tough. But for the Braves, I mean, a tough road ahead. But this is just the next game on the schedule, and you just have to play what's in front of you. And right now, as I said in the last segment, we're in each other's way again here at the midway point of the season. Let me do this. I'm going to take another timeout, and let's see if we can um, call Peter on. Uh, I'm looking in the uh, chat chat room. Good morning, everyone. Uh, predictions already? Hmm. We'll get a chance to read some of them. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Take a quick time out. Come back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. <laughs> Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. 
show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We've got Jim. Jim, I apologize. Um, we just couldn't hear you, but now mm-hmm. we have you and, and uh, appreciate you holding on. We really do. How you doing, Jim? Doing fine. It's a it's college football Saturday. You know, it's always a, a little more exciting in the fall in Louisiana. And, and all yeah. through the South, I would say, actually. Don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you, you're right. And uh, we, we were talking, um, this Southern University football team, once again, that's been the theme the last few weeks. Their back has been against the wall. Uh, another game with uh, Western Division implications. I guess all of them are like that now, Jim. Um since the last time we talked to you uh, until now, this Southern University team has really improved offensively, defensively. But but Sean McCray, he's literally grown up, if I can use that term, in front of our eyes. Just just talk about the transition of, in your opinion, of this football team uh, from that Texas Southern loss up to now. I think the Texas Southern loss was a cold slap in the face for the Southern players. I I think they thought they were going to cruise into this first season with Eric Dooley. And, you know, Coach Dooley was going to work the magic and it was all going to happen because Coach Dooley was there. And I think they forgot that uh, they had to have some input. They had to buckle down a little bit and they were not ready for that game. I'm not saying Coach Dooley wasn't ready. I think the players weren't. And uh, I I think the best thing to happen to Southern was having a week off and he could say, okay, look at this film and tell me, you know, where, you know, looks like uh, everybody just uh, spit the bit on this game. You know, you didn't push through, you didn't uh, overcome adversity. You know, you, you, you were on your heels from the start of the game. You were down 14 to nothing before, you know, anybody could get comfortable in their seats. And then I think it really resonated over when you get when you hear that for two weeks, you come out and then, of course, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff was like a helpless victim of a ravenous beast that that came out of the locker room, just tore them up. Okay, I I think this is a Southern team. Everybody thought they'd see. Uh, But you have to you know, you have to you can't just go through the motions. You have to do what's necessary to make it happen. And I think that's why you saw what you saw. Uh, they, and they struggled a little bit in the Prairie View game. The, the final score was not indicative of that first half. They had six penalties in the first half, and they just, you know, continued to shoot themselves in the foot. One penalty in the second half. That was the biggest, one of the biggest things that happened. And then uh, they shut, um, they stopped the Prairie View offense every series in the second half. They uh, forced several punts and and, and had one fourth down uh, turnover on downs. So uh, I think you, you're you seeing who the Jaguars are going to be from this point on. And Bashawn McCray offensively, and and uh, my next guest coming up, Quincy Reshaw, a former Southern quarterback. It's ironic. He came on and Bashawn was struggling and he said he had been in that position. You know, um, a lot of times you rely on your athletic ability and not, you know, in the room, going through your progressions and what have you. But it, it in the twinkling of an eye, Deshaun McCray playing much better. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. talked about it. Hmm? 
Absolutely. You know, I mean, what you saw was uh, they had two weeks to look at film of their mistakes and it wasn't all him. I mean, I know at least one of those interceptions against Texas Southern was not his fault. He put the, the ball right in the hands of a receiver in the end zone, just just across the end zone. And the ball popped out of his hands and was intercepted. That that would have been a big, big uh, a touchdown for Southern and, and late in the second half. Um, and I'm not sure if that was if it was 14 nothing or 21 nothing at that point. So um, things like that, you know, everybody looked. But you know, quarterback is only as good as his receivers and his offensive line and his running backs. So uh, I mean, you could put Tom Brady back there, and he's if he's running for his life, he ain't going to be Tom Brady. You know, so, oh, don't, don't speak yeah, about I mean, Tom, Jim. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> Stafford. Oh, and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I think you know, I think this happens a lot when, when Southern had a new coach and a new quarterback. So you've got lots of uh, variables here, uh, unknowns. And um, I think they needed that one game, you know, and Texas Southern wasn't going to lay down. That's not a bad team. I mean, they, they if you give them a chance, they'll, they'll, they'll hurt you. And they did. That's that, that I'm sure everybody was just completely knocked over by that score. And, and it does, and what, it's not indicative. I think if they played again, I think Southern would win the game or it, it would definitely be a, a, a tight one. But um you know that, like I said, it was a wake-up call for Southern, and 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 it, it, a go a cold dose of reality. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Jim Klein Peter, a contributing writer for the Advocate Cover of Southern University, and 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 then defensively, let me go back to, to to next week, and and I think one of the stats put out by you guys um, take away that Texas Southern game in the second half. Did they give up three points or no points? Three points. Three to uh, Texas, Texas Southern. Southern. Three they to shut five, three uh, teams out in the second half. The, the front seven. And, and I like the way Southern rotates their defensive linemen. I, I mean, Kelby Givens, um, number uh, – his, his, his name escapes me now, number 98. I, in other words, they're playing a lot of people, and that defense has really set the offense up with some good field position, and also they've scored some – touchdowns they have really been playing their 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 butts off the last couple of weeks well that's the difference between the southern this year and southern last year they had a good first string uh players last year Mm -hmm. and then when they got hurt they didn't have in the drop off was uh significant they were throwing freshmen out there they were throwing guys out there weren't ready to play and so Southern couldn't couldn't really stop anybody uh, it, 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 around middle of the season. They finally they stopped Jackson State pretty well. I think they had a good uh, defensive game plan there. But um, yeah, uh, just being able to play players, uh, then what what happens is you substitute. And and boy, I, I tell you one thing about Eric Dooley, he is not afraid to substitute. He even substitutes on the offensive line, and that's something you don't see. He substitutes early in the game, and, and the, it was 90 degrees on the field at Prairie View at the start of the game. But that's why he does it. Uh, if you uh, continue to play players, then you can have your best guys in there in the fourth quarter when the other team team is trying to or trying but it looks like to me like southern got control of the game in the third quarter they scored twice they were up by by three scores uh uh was oh, no, it was 24-13 then they when they got that next touchdown uh early in the fourth quarter 
uh, Prairie View was playing catch up and you, and you could tell at that point they weren't going to be able to catch up. But, but, but playing a lot of players like that, it keeps your better players fresh for the fourth quarter when you want them on the field, like if the game's tight. So I think you that's what you'll see. I think you're going to see a tight game tonight. Uh, it's not going to be any 45 to 13. No, I, I have my predictions. I've seen yours. Uh, Charles, you can raise your hand if you have a question. If not, I will ask all of the questions. <laughs> so just, uh, just, just let me know. Uh, we're having a conversation here with Jim Klein, PD, covers Southern University Athletics uh, for the advocate. And, and then, Jim, since we're giving out roses so so far on this show, special teams play. You know, last, say, five or six years at, at a point, you're kind of scared to death when the field goal team runs out there or uh, the punt team. I can safely say that special teams, they have really improved as well during this recent streak. I mean, you got, you know, Joshua Griffin now kicking off, of course, kicking field goals. You got Braxton Blackwell, uh, long snapper specialist, both playing, uh, the punter. I mean, if it comes down to that on on, on to tonight's game, I feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and this tells you everything you need to know. You got a kicker like Luke Jackson, and, and he's he's the backup now. Uh, Joshua Giffen apparently has um, improved. You know, there's a Mississippi kid there from uh, Vicksburg, Warren Central in Vicksburg. Uh, and uh, they're, they're so improved there. I remember last year, Southern had trouble finding a guy who, who, uh, who could catch a punt. Or and maybe it was a year before. I don't know. Um, but they they put somebody back. They put a guy back there, and he'd either fumble it, or bounce it, and roll inside the five, or or he uh, try to field it inside the ten. They they're always making the wrong decisions. But Chandler Whitfield not only is confident, you can tell he's confident back there. You know, when he raises his hand to call for a fair catch, when he comes up amongst a group of players to field a punt. He's not afraid. Uh, he's, you know, he'll t- he's taken some hits, but he's also had some nice returns. So yeah, the special team and Robin's bow plan. He's amazing. I mean, he he's uh, they call him Golden Foot. I think uh, uh, they uh, <laughs> should uh, send a big thank you uh, note to to Alcorn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> Charles, uh, and, and not only on the field, but getting a chance to talk with him, a nice guy off the field as well. So, I mean, he, he truly has the total package. Um, I'll have to talk to him again and explain to me how he ended up. He told us once on the show how he ended up at Southern, but, uh, boy, what, what, a, what a weapon to uh, have. Charles, I – you're awfully quiet. What do you do? You have a I'm, I'm, question I'm, for Jim? I'm taking notes. Uh, I'm taking notes for the broadcast. I, I knew he was. Jim, so I'm processing all of this information. Uh, the one thing, the one thing I would like to ask, though, you talk about the offense and McCray. At this point in the season, and when the season started, we have all these teams with new quarterbacks and the continuity. That's the, that's the key word for me: continuity. Seems like this continuity is coming around pretty pretty good at this point with this winning streak and what's happening right now down at Southern. Is this kind of the way, Jim? This kind of what you expected it to be at this point 
going into the mid, because we're at basically the midway point of the season. This kind of what you expected from this offense, from this coaching staff, from this team at this point. I know the Texas Southern game was a was a punch in the gut, but did, did you expect this season to be the way it is right now? Here you are at the midway at the midway point. Well, not exactly. Um, I, I really didn't expect Southern to lose to Texas Southern, but I think that was I, it's what you call a sacrifice game. You know, it they had to lose that game to be able to to win the, these last two the way they did. Um, that had to happen. And, and like I, I said before, you got a new coach and a new quarterback. And I always had, you know, I looked at Bashawn McCray, and I. And I, I just I didn't see what Eric Dooley saw because I, I know when he signed him, I was talking to Eric and I hadn't I didn't know anything about Bashawn McRae. And I kept thinking maybe, you know, maybe it's time for Harold Blood to become the quarterback. He's been around. Uh, Bubba McDowell ended up uh, starting more games, I think, than Ladarius last Ladarius Skelton last year. So I said, he's probably going to be the first the first guy in, but, but the way Eric Dooley kept talking about Bashawn McRae, it sounded to me like that was his guy from, from the time he signed him. And uh, so, but I always had some doubts about him. I kept thinking, you know, this guy's never taken a snap in a D one college game. Uh, And, and Eric Dooley likes this guy. Uh, I can tell he likes him just by the way he talks about him. And so I was a little bit skeptical. And then, I was especially skeptical when I saw what he did against Texas Southern. It looked, he looked hesitant, but, um, you know, it wasn't just him. It was, uh, the, it was the whole offense. And uh, really, they moved the ball well enough to win that game. If you get into the red zone four times, you, you should score two or three times. And two or three scores uh, changes the face of that whole game. And they just couldn't get into the end zone. They get close and then make a mistake. Or, you know, Texas Southern would make a play, you know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, because new coaches, you know, you don't just, you don't, I mean, Grambling has a new coach. Look where they are, okay? So, mm. but Southern, he, he uh, Dooley did a good job of rebuilding the roster. Not rebuilding it, but, but build, building depth, you know, because they had frontline players when he got here, and he knew that. He could... You know, he scouted Southern for four years. You know, he knew all these plays. He knew a lot of the players Southern had. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could say looking back, yeah, this is about what you would expect, a, 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 an early season, you know, hiccup, and then they, then they, uh, then they catch fire and they get, they get on a run. Well, I, I, you know, for, for me, we, we kind of talked about it during the offseason. And for me, you know, I'm a big Eric Dooley fan myself. You know, away from, of course, all corn and because I like offense. So what Eric Dooley did with Kincaid at Grambling, and then with Jalen Morton at Prairie View, and what he was able to do with that offense at Prairie View, and especially his last year there, you have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt in terms. This guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, the quarterbacks. And I kind of felt like in the offseason when you heard McRae's name mentioned for the first time, even though you had McDaniel there, I kind of felt like. You know, McRae was probably going to be the guy, even though Dooley didn't come out and say it. It's going to be a competition. You hear all that coach speak. But you kind of knew, you kind of felt like McRae was going to be the guy. And it was just a matter of him getting the reps and the continuity there. So I, I always felt at the quarterback position for me, without the inside, I kind of felt like McRae was going to be the guy. I was talking to Carlos and texting him yesterday about the running game. 
you know, as dynamic and as diverse as their running game is, the guy that really carried the mail last year, Kobe Dillon, uh, I understand he's he's banged up. Talk about the running game because that that's going to be a big factor. Well, well, I'll say this, but you're, you're right. Kobe Dillon's a good runner, and he showed it against UAPB, but that was a bad, bad line defense that day. I remember he got the ball, and there was nobody within 10 yards of him. I mean, the holes were that big. The thing about Southern's uh, running game last year, I think five uh, different backs led them in rushing in, uh, in a uh-huh. game. And so you yeah. had you had Gerard Sims, you had uh, uh, Craig Nelson, you had um, Kobe Dillon, and, and you had Ladarius. You know when they would play him, he he would end up being their leading rusher. So their their offensive line makes that running game, and it's not so much the backs as it is getting the ball is going to have some room. And you see that. I mean, Carl Ligon, he's a freshman. He's coming. He he and he was their leading rusher last week. And see, they were able once the game was out of out of reach. You know, they rested Gerard Sims and they rested uh, uh, Kendrick Rhymes. And Carl Ligon just kept pounding the ball, moving the ball downfield, got him a touchdown. And uh, it, it preserves Gerard Sims and, and Kendrick Rhymes on the road when you're going to need those guys with your four-minute offense in the fourth quarter. You know, maybe you're trying to hold the lead against Alcorn tonight. You want Gerard Sims in there running the ball on third and two. That's the guy you want running the ball on third and two. And, and if he, the healthier he is, the better. And this is what I'm talking about, duly depth on uh, both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, the Jaguar running game, uh, it's credit to their offensive line, but it's also a credit to the depth at running back. And then Bashawn McRae's their leading rusher. So there you go. Yeah, and wow, very athletic. Um, and, you know, relying on your – uh, your athletic ability when something breaks down, that's good. But I, I, I'm, I'm liking the the mental things that he's going to like. He goes through his progressions. He goes through them quickly, and then the check down. He, he hits those those persons, you know, running backs out of out of the back backfield. Uh, Jim, I'm looking at and I pulled it up. Prediction and why you got Southern winning 31 to 27. Speaker. Talk about why, why you came to that conclusion. Well, I might have picked a, the opposite if uh, this game was uh, on the reservation. Let me put it that way. I think playing at home is going to mean a lot to Southern tonight, I think. Um, you know, it's just you, you, feel, uh, you feel confident. You never feel like you're out of the game when you're playing at home. So uh, you, I, I, you know, if this game gets into the fourth quarter, you know, I think they'll will, will, uh, rise to the occasion, and I think Southern will feel it, and and I think they'll they'll come through. Uh, and you know, you make a prediction, you only got two choices, so uh, it, it could either just easily go the other way. And like I said, I think it'll be, I, I think the teams will feel each other out, and probably be a low scoring first half. The teams are going to feel each other out, and then the second half, you may see like back and forth. You know, the lead changing hands, teams driving the length of the field. Uh, a, a turnover, you know, uh, gets the team back into it. You know, somebody's down by two scores, but they get a turnover. You know, that's the kind of game I see here. Two teams going at each other and they, and two teams that are going to leave it all on the field today. And so it's going to be close. It's going to be a one-score game. I, I'm pretty confident. When was the last time, Carlos and Jim, when you've had an all-corn Southern game that hasn't been high scoring? It seems like every <laughs> time it's in the 30s or 40s. 
you, you just don't you can't find an all corn southern game that's 21 to 17 that's just that just hasn't happened yeah, especially well, those, uh, especially fun were those two uh, SWAC championship games in uh, 18 and 19. You know, those were like, I didn't know who was going to, I changed my story three or four times while I was watching the game. You know? And then, uh, I, I, so I, I'm I expecting that result. type of game. Yeah, I, I know the end results. I, I got out of there quickly. As soon as the game was over, uh, the, 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 the Southern fan part of me and the alum. Um, but, you know, I, I'm kind of, Thinking about the Celtics and the and the Lakers back in the, what the '80s, <laughs> and uh, one team wants to play fast, one team wants to make it a half court game. I'm using a basketball analogy, although Coach Manera said, and I listened to to uh, his his radio show, he said we could play fast as well. So a lot of intriguing storylines uh, with this. Uh, but Jim, appreciate the time. Once again, apologize. So we had to schedule for eleven fifteen, but uh, we had to get something straight from uh, the audio perspective. Uh, yeah, well, so, whatever it was, looks like we got it straight. So that's that's what that's what matters. Making adjustments, and that's what Southern <laughs> yeah. that's what Southern has done. <laughs> yeah, overcome adversity. But uh, we'll see you a little bit later, Jim, and uh, safe travels to okay. The bluff. See y'all tonight. All right. All right, thank you. That was uh, Jim Klein, Peter, here on the Coles Brown Show. We're going to take a timeout. Uh, I'm scheduled to have two guests coming on, Charles, and this should be fun. We can uh, still get into some more Southern Alcorn State. We've got all the numbers, numbers worth knowing, penalties by Southern opponents, 27. Fewest in the swag. This, of course, courtesy of Jim Klein, Peter. 27 penalties committed by Alcorn, the fewest in the swag. 447.6 yards. Just, just round it out, 448. Southern's total offense per game. Southern, second in scoring defense in the conference. Jackson State, number one. Scoring offense, Southern's number two. If you think about it, Prairie View, 45 points, 59 against the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think this is going to be a good one tonight, Charles. We will take a timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody.
We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. to the Coles Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Boy, it it does my heart good. Brandon B.J. Jones and the newest addition to his family. I got to say some Southern paraphernalia there, although I know it's going to have some anyway. Uh, Quincy <laughs> Richard, former Southern University quarterback, and Charles Edmund. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited about this game, but first and foremost, BJ, the name of the new edition. Jordan. Jordan Ivy. Jordan, what's going on? <laughs> precious, precious, precious. Quincy Rishaw, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm good. Good, good, good. Congratulations on the uh Jordan. Um I don't envy you right now, buddy. I'm gonna get more sleep than you. <laughs> man thank you man thank you thank you it's worth it i guess you know when you look at the bottom line yeah um me and charles is on the other side yeah me and charles on the other side no no kids but hey it's great to see others with blessings and that's what they are for for the most part speaking of blessings speaking of blessings quincy I thought about you last week in particular. The last time you were on this show, you put yourself in the place. You said, I, I'm feeling what Bashan McCray is going through. And lo and behold, it seems like night and day. You And you actually said he's going to be all right. Very talented. You see the last two weeks, his performance. You, you, you nailed it. You nailed it, Quincy. He's man, that kid is super athletic. Um, 
I don't know if he's a quarterback or a running back or a mixture in between the two, uh, but he has all he has it all, and you can see him really clicking with the offense and knowing the concepts a little bit more, and that's how it's going a little more fluid to me, um, and, and it just lights out because of that RPO system. If he reads it right, the defense can never be right, and and that's how you see the numbers that they're putting up. So it's pretty cool to see. BJ. I, I I see you having fatherly duties, but that's all right. Hey, we we accept that. Let me know when you're ready. Um, I, I want to get his take. Oh, we good. Well, we good. We good. Okay. The 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 change in this football team. Jim Klein, Peter, uh, my last guest, said he was skeptical. If I'm putting words in his mouth, I'm sorry. Uh, he wasn't so sure. Maybe that's a better way to put it about Bashan McCray, but. The offensive line, the receivers, the chemistry, it seems to be night and day, the difference. And, of course, there's a guy who I still, in Dooley, I trust, Coach Eric Dooley and the staff getting it done. Your thoughts on uh, the the improvement of of this football team? Man, it it takes a collective effort. Uh, People like to focus on one position. Uh, but it takes a collective effort. If you go back to that Texas Southern football game, uh, there were seven key drops in that game by Southern receivers. Now, Bashawn McCray did not have his best day, uh, but when your quarterback is struggling and he's not having his best day, as a receiver, you got to help him out. And his receivers didn't do him any favors on um, that Texas Southern game. But now what you've seen, you, you've seen the receivers now catch those passes. Uh, you, you saw him catch some unbelievable passes a week ago. You see the offensive line is, is, is starting to gel. And Bashawn McCray is coming becoming more comfortable. And, and you're seeing uh, that offense uh, be like the offenses that you expect uh, from an Eric, uh, Eric Dooley coach football team. And let me say this, and, and you guys and Charles, you can all comment on this. Um, I think with the change in coach with Coach Dooley, I think, and I, I guess I'm guilty of this as well, that offensive line returning, and they've added some pieces. They lost what two stars to Terry Carter with the, at, at the Bears, but I think we kind of forgot about what they had in place on the offensive line. And and this 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 running game is number one in the conference because when you think about Coach Dooley, you think about you know passing, but this offense has been balanced. Uh, Quincy, speak speak on that. The, the, you know, it, it takes the offensive line, quarterbacks, receivers, all to be on the same same page. But people have kind of, I think, forgotten about the old O line. Well, um, the uh, the run that whole RPO concept really helps the line out a lot because linemen, most linemen, even your elementary linemen. They can run block for days. That that's the easy thing. You can go forward, and when you're going forward, and you get a bunch of yards, and it opens the pass up. And once you open the pass up, it looks like they're in chemistry. And then, like I said, with the run pass option, they are running the ball, and it catches the defense off off guard. And with Coach Dula's offense, it's the same look on most of the plays, but the plays are different. Just giving you that same play from a different look. So sometimes it confuses defenses a lot. And, 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 hell, when he pulls it, sometime when he fakes to the running back, I'm I'm like the cameraman yeah. running, chasing the, the other guy myself. And then he pulls it out, and he's 
ready to run it, and he takes a little two-step, almost a little Tim Tebow drop pass for five yards, and the receiver takes it for 15, 20. And it just builds and builds, and all the while you're steady eating clock. And then what it also does, once you get up by a bunch, it helps your defense out a hell of a lot because now when you're up a couple points, you kind of make the, off, the other team's offense one-dimensional. So once your DNs and everybody know that you got to throw the ball, it's hunting season now. Um, and so I think that they, they've, the both sides have been able to complement complement each other, and that's how you get what you have. BJ, you you played at Southern on the on the on the defensive side. How how difficult is it to prepare for what Quincy just said? Because I I was fooled a couple of times. I mean, I'm looking at the running back, and no, he doesn't have the ball. Uh, but Sean McCray has it and is off for a big game. How how difficult is that from the defensive side to to, to prepare for that? I'm gonna tell you and this, and, and Quincy can attest to this. We've been scolded by Terrence Graves and Coach Miller plenty of summers for not being able to stop that offense when it's rolling and it's humming. Uh, man, when it's rolling and it's humming, it's literally like a snowball coming down the hill. Uh, so whether it was Quincy or T.R. Ricks or whoever, Brian Lee, when that thing is humming and it's rolling, man, it is impossible to stop. Yeah. Go ahead, Charles. When I, when I look at when I look at the stats and just looking at this offense, you know, McCray is number four in the league in rushing, averaging eighty six yards a game. So you add that you add that dynamic to it. I mean, you, you talk about a guy in the past like Felix Harper or Lenore's Footman or Noah Johnson for Alcorn. McCray, you have to account for him on third and two. You know, you don't have Kobe Dillon, but you've got McCray who can get it done. That was kind of a big question for me. You look at Eric Dooley and how he does things offensively. You knew he could spray the ball around. You knew he had a, a guy, a quarterback, whether it's Jalen Morton or pass or whatever. But being able to ground and pound and run the football, you were kind of concerned what this Southern offense would look like. I was thinking Kobe Dillon first and foremost because what he did last year, 252 against Texas Southern. And, and, you know, last year you had Skelton, you had all those pieces. How is he going to fit all this in this year? And when you have a quarterback like McRae and with the other toys he's got in the backfield, that makes things a whole lot easier, especially when you have a quarterback transitioning from JUCO to the next level. You know, running back is a quarterback's best friend, and so far Southern has that. And then you add McRae to it. I was, that was kind of one of, one of my kind of concerns when I was thinking about Southern, how would the running game look like? But at least right now, going into this week, it looks like it's just fine. Hopefully the Braves' defense, which has been stout, can, can slow it down a little bit. Well, um, what it does, it, it, it makes you play, it makes the defense play 11 on 11 when you have to account for the quarterback running because usually it's 11 on 10. And so you sit back there and that's how you get somebody double covered or you can bracket one side. But when you have to have all 11 guys accounted for, then you really have to be perfect on your assignments because you don't really have that help behind you. That 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 can make cover up your mistakes. So that that's the beauty of a McCray with his ability to run the ball and having to have respect for his ability to run the ball and not just run the ball to get you two three yards. I, I think the last couple of games I watched, he had at least a couple thirty plus yard runs, and that's a backbreaker for a defense. Yeah, I I, I would agree, um, guys. And, and and then last game was seven of eleven on third downs. Um, I I can just say this. 
you have much more to prepare for now than the previous four or five years because it was run first down, run second, then maybe third down and short. They could pass. Totally different offense to me. And, and this, this offense is balanced. And this is what reminds me, when you guys played, both of you, it was a balanced offense. The prior four or five years, it was it was basically run one-dimensional. So you, you got to prepare for much more. Um, we're going to come back with predictions on uh, Southern Alcorn. Uh, but I, I kind of want to get your guys' take on last week in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which was week six. FAMU over South Carolina State, 20 to 14. Alabama A&M over Grambling State, uh, 37 to 31. Texas Southern over Pine Bluff, 24 to 17. It was Jackson State over Alabama State, 26 to 12. Southern, of course, over Prairie View, 45 to 13. Tennessee State. Over Bethune Cookman, 41 to 17, and Alcorn State over Mississippi Valley, 30 to 7. Um, BJ, any game stood out to you uh, from last week? Uh, it was a game that I was at last week uh, Alabama State and um, Jackson State. Um, and, and the way that uh, Alabama State was able to make uh, life a little, little hectic on Shadour Sanders a week ago. We're talking about four sacks. Uh, an interception could have very well been another three interceptions. Um, I, I, I think that that game really could have gone either way. Um, Alabama State missed some opportunities. Um, and Jackson State was lucky to get out of there with a 14-point win in, in a game that I think they came in as, as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. A lot of people didn't expect for that game to be close, but six minutes, 37 uh, seconds in, uh, left in, the, in that game, it was a 17-12. Of games, so uh, that was one that shocked me. Yeah, yeah for me, I'm, I'm, I like to see bounce back games. You know, we talked about uh, Lane losing to Tennessee State. How about Tennessee State getting up off the mat? I thought that was that was huge for Tennessee State because there's a lot of talk around Nashville about what's going on there and that happening. You know, I, I thought that was a huge, I thought that was a huge win for, for Tennessee State. And, you know, I tell you what, you know, you can say what you want. Jackson State got pushed a little bit, got challenged. You know, Coach Sanders talks about domination. It, it wasn't that until the very end. But I think you can, for me, Carlos, Eddie Robinson Jr. has that program in the right direction. You know, clearly, you know, BJ was there. I saw a little bit of the game. You know, clearly they push Jackson State around a little bit. So I, I think Alabama State's a team you're going to have to reckon with growing up a lot quicker for me than uh, what I thought. I thought it would be kind of a growing pains type of year, you know, coming in, the hire coming in from a business perspective. But he's got that team really playing with a lot of heart and a lot of fire, you know, beating Howard and the MEAC SWAC, going to Texas Southern and coming from behind and having Jackson on the ropes. So I, I think Bama State's going to be a team to be reckoned with in the Eastern Division for me. Well, we'll have to see the rest of uh, the, the, the year for uh, Alabama State. Now, I'm going to have to put you guys on the spot. The altercation after the game, I, you know, Quincy, you and they, You've played collegiate football. Uh, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that, Quincy? What, 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 what happened? 
Um, I don't know. I, it, 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 I think the media and the public made bigger of a deal than it really was. Um, because um, at the end of the day, you got to remember, they've just finished a sixty-minute fight, and um, although we want everybody, everybody preaches sportsmanship, that looks good, and we all do it, but on the inside. We feel it. So sometimes you can feel that 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 I almost had it. I almost did this, and it came out. And it's just the nature of the sport. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But then again, on the flip side, I, I, it's actually I think it's a good thing it happened because it brought once again more attention to the swag because everybody was talking about it, and it, it wasn't a big brawl to where it was um, embarrassing to the swag. It just showed the competitive nature. And, 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 and both uh, parties, I think, handled it well afterwards. Uh, I want to say Coach Robinson clarified himself a little bit more. And uh, Coach Prime being Coach Prime capitalized on uh, the slogan, who is swag. <laughs> and um, I, I saw the video that they did. So I, I think it'll be good, good going forward. And I think it'll just create some more intensity between the team's fun and, and friendly animosity, let's say that. And so um, if you're looking forward to any game next year, it should be that game. But in all defense of Coach Prime, Coach Robinson did make that team his homecoming game. <laughs> That's the different animal when you put me from a homecoming game. And I understood the reasoning. I understood the reasoning because it was it was good for, for them because they sold out the stadium, but as a former player, the worst thing a team could do for us is make us your homecoming game. Usually playing your homecoming game, a team that you think you're going to beat the brakes off of. So it was a, it's a little chipping that's going into it just probably because of that element that everybody had to factor into. I guess it's a, uh, a, a football thing. I guess I, I don't I, – let me just say this. I, I, don't, I guess I don't understand why it's a – Big deal. Is it a football thing if someone schedules for their homecoming, <laughs> BJ? Because okay, because maybe because maybe because yes. I, 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 yes. I didn't play in college. So um, wow, Southern has Virginia Lynchburg. That's on the other extreme. Ah, next next year for point. homecoming. Proven <laughs> mm. point. That, that, that's the point. When you put you, teams, usually put teams that they know they're going to beat on homecoming. Hmm. Seemed like so I remember Southern playing Alabama and them a, a homecoming a couple of times. So, so let let me ask this question: and Coach Robinson explained prior to the Jackson game the reason why it was Jackson State for homecoming. He re, he explained the fact that they wanted to change up the homecoming date, and the fact that you know I think he used the Magic City. I don't know, and BJ knows the history of it, but he wanted he didn't he wanted homecoming to be on the first week in October. So it just so happens that whatever team falls on that date, that's the homecoming opponent. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong in this. Maybe I'm wrong in this. But if you have a master schedule and if you're homecoming traditionally, like at Alcorn, the homecoming for Alcorn is the third week in October traditionally. So whomever falls on that third week, and we play Grambling for homecoming, that's who the homecoming opponent is. Are, am I making more of it, or am I not making enough of it? If that's the master schedule, which can't be changed, 
for the most part. No, no, no. It just well, the whatever Cody falls on that homecoming is that is that kind of where it is, or is is this something totally that looked at and is a, a sign of disrespect? I guess that's because I, I heard Coach Robinson's explanation of it why he wanted to do it, and it just so happens Jackson fell on that particular date. Or is that kind of disrespectful when you have because you got to play somebody for homecoming? I mean, so it, I'm I'm just kind of torn between both sides of that equation. I'll put it to you this way: the schedule may be fixed, and the team, the dates of the, the you play teams are what they are. But the university says, "This is my homecoming game on this date." Whoever's on that date, that's flexible. And so, yeah, he had a hard schedule, and oh, it just so happened Jackson to be on that. But uh, them being home, them declaring Jackson homecoming, I don't think that was a, 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 a anything left up to chance. Um, hmm. I, and 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 I, I I don't speak for all football former players, but I don't know if there's anything more disrespectful to a team it, 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 than being labeled somebody's homecoming opponent. <laughs> I see BJ shaking his head. Tell me if I'm wrong, BJ. Yeah, you got two. You got two frames of thought. Like, man, QB just said it, man. Like. Being somebody at homecoming, man, is disrespectful. And I remember going to AM in 04 and we were at homecoming. And it got ugly quick. Um, and I remember like, you know, just that attention. I mean, that's that's football, but on the on the business side, understand what Coach Rob was saying. You know, this was Alabama State's uh third non Turkey Day homecoming. And they want homecoming to either be the last Saturday in September or first Saturday in October to not get too close to Magic City Classic. You know, the to kind of have that, you know, Magic City Classic, Homecoming, you know, Labor Day Classic kind of. And I understand that, you know, the business side of that. Uh, but that ain't going to stop Dion from playing it up to his team. Uh, and, and, and they don't they don't excuse football, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, the football side of it. You know, you still go take that personally. Well, I yeah, call Coach Sanders Mr. Sensationalism. Well, one year I was talking about this the other night. You know, Alcorn played a couple of years ago. Played on four homecomings. We were part of four homecomings uh, a couple of years back, and so you know, players were talking about that then. So I I get that part of it, but I pre I guess my thing is I appreciate Eddie Robinson's explanation as to what I mean. Even though from a football perspective, from a player's perspective, y'all not buying that. I get it, and so no. I, I, I get no. that part. I, I, I get that part of it, but I also I appreciate Eddie Robinson explaining why he did what he did, even though from a player's perspective, no one was hearing that from the other side of the coin. But just you know, the whole homecoming thing—that's I mean, I, I appreciate his honesty and talking about it at least because not a lot of coaches would want to talk about something like that, but he did, and I appreciate that. But I say this much too: I was happy because it was a big win for state. I mean, you saw a lot of stadium. You got eyes on your team, the exposure. So no matter what the reason was, state won regardless. Because uh, as, 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 as cash-strapped as HBCUs are, you're not going to get a bunch of sellout games like that and, and the energy yeah. and the atmosphere, even if it was homecoming but a, a different team. But you add in those two factors, and I'm, I'm willing to bet it was probably the biggest payday in state's history which is always a good thing in a good environment. And as many eyes as we can get on the swag, the better. 
And and, well, and and to and to your point, how many real true sellouts do you get in for swag games, swag football games? I know when we played Jackson State last year, the game was sold out at Memorial two days before the game. The ticket office wasn't even open. The game was sold out. So how many true, true, true sellouts do you get in swag football involving two swag teams? You don't get very many. And you know, I was glad just for swag to have a sellout, period, just just to show you the interest. 26,000 in the house, 30,000, I think it was announced. So I was just glad to see that. And that's that's good for Alabama State or whatever team can sell out the stadium, and it's good for the swag. Definitely. Well, watch, watch in a couple of weeks, October 29th, it's going to be a hard sellout, I think. Just, just my opinion. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, I'll come yeah. back. That's Southern and Jackson State. Say no more. It could be tiddlywinks, checkers, or chess. <laughs> it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on. But we can't get ahead of ourselves. But since th- eyes tonight's gonna be a sellout. Mm-hmm. Tonight's I, gonna be a sellout. I think it'll be close. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight thousand is official stadium capacity now. Went up about three thousand seats since you guys played there. Um, I can see that. It'll be a sellout. It'll be a sellout because not only do you have to factor in the traditional history of two universities, but the ge- the geography of the universities also play a, a, a huge part because you have State the people right the across the board. Yeah, so you got people that's that's living in uh, Greensburg and 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 uh, Saint Lita and Tangipahoa Parish. They went. They go to Alcorn or, or Southern and fans of both. It's like a happy medium in geography for both teams. So, and then when you add in the history and the 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 the, the, the quality of the teams, I think it's gonna. I'm willing to bet it's gonna be a sellout tonight. Charles, you're leaving at one thirty, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. See, Charles and them don't get a police escort when I was part of the radio broadcast crew. <laughs> on, on the road. We 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 had an escort, and when we didn't, we learned to get into. To the to the to the to the line with behind the football the bu- the team bus back then, so I we shall see. Um, let me get to well, this uh, other let, thing. Let, you, let, let me wait, share wait, 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 Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to share the story about traffic and just how the enormity of, of just getting to Mumford and getting to your parking space. And I know it's going to be a big game with a big crowd. A couple of years ago, we played from the McDonald's at the base. To my parking spot took an hour and twenty minutes. That's just you talk, and and we got there pretty early. So in terms of traffic, I'm not a big fan of traffic. I just don't, I just don't like to deal with it if I don't have to. But that's why I'm leaving at one thirty to avoid, you know, any kind of traffic. And I'm sure it probably won't be that much, but it might. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big game, and if it sells out, hey, I, I expect there to be traffic. I, I have all the respect in the world for the Jaguar Nation and their fans and getting to the stadium early and all that. So that's why I'm leaving when I'm leaving. Yeah, well, I, I won't do it this time, but I can Quincy and play, BJ play. I can share stories. It was worse than that. You came up Harding Boulevard. I came up scenic. And then homecoming, a parade. Oh, yeah. I, I started oh, getting there like, like <laughs> 7 o'clock. Did the show, just stayed there. But anyway, speaking of eyes, and, and appreciate your time, Quincy and, and BJ. You guys have been through this before, too. 
the altercation at Prairie View last week, you know, security, they're going to look at, was it the right uh, people there in, in the process, the protocol? Um, I've, I've got different versions. I've already said that, you know, it's shameful that, that it happened. But uh, BJ Quincy, this is not unique. And I'm not making excuses, but you, you've seen, you see it all the time. It, it, even in power, power five schools, it, it, you know, it's a big game. But anyway, enough of me ranting and raving. What, 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 what do you think about that? And have you ever experienced, <laughs> I my question, but have you ever experienced similar incidents in your playing days? Um, those things are going to happen. And the crazy part about it is, as bad as the Prairie View Southern thing looked, which I didn't think it looked that bad, if people really want to see the testosterone in football, go to uh, fall camp or something like that. That, that fight at Prairie View and Texas whatever, that's this much. Yeah. But when you've been practicing against somebody for two weeks and that's all, it's, it's just one of the things that's going to happen. You have heated tempers. All you hope is nobody get hurt in that foolishness, and nobody did. And truth be told, it looks bad to the audience, but you got to remember, they swinging hands, but they got helmets on. They got shoulder pads, knee pads. It kind of almost doesn't make sense because all you're going to do is hurt your hand um, if you get into it. But those things happen. I guarantee you, uh, knowing Coach Doody like I do, it won't happen again ever. Um, and he made those kids have a learning lesson uh, about that incident, just not just only about football, but about life. And it's, but it's just one of those things that's going to happen. Uh, it's the, the train wreck that everybody wants to look at but can't look away from. It's just gonna happen, and you want to see your teams excited and ready to play football. That kind of comes with it. And somebody made a statement. Somebody made a statement after the game, and you know the scoreboard pointing to the scoreboard. So you know a lot of wolfing and stuff, BJ. And, and you know, social media wasn't prominent when you guys played. Not that you're old, because you're not old. Thank the I'm Lord. Older than both of you guys. Yeah, I heard that. But now with that, you know, a lot of things are more visible. But BJ, any similar incident or something like that? Yeah, I mean, we've been in situations, you know, similar as, you know, as a coach and as a player. You know, the thing about it is, man, Quincy hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head. Man, if you look at it, man, if, if you're not accustomed to being around the game, to being around the players, or being close to the action, yes, of course to you, you know, it looks bad. But if you check out social media, man, half of those guys have reached out to guys from Prairie View, man. These guys all know each other uh, because of social media. A lot of these guys went to high school uh, together. So, you know, for, for them, it's just something that they laugh and they joke about uh, now. Now, there, there may be some serious parameters that come down uh, from the conference office, but I tell you one thing that this won't happen again. Uh, I know that 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 message has been has been nailed home uh, this week, and what the expectations are. Uh, it, it's just an unfortunate thing that it, that that happened, uh, but it ain't as big as as a lot of people try to make it out to be. Well, I ask you your your guys' opinions, and um, you know it, it, it's a funny thing. I'm I'm gonna be uh, facetious here. Uh, I text message with some Alcorn alum slash fans. And um, I had one that said, no, I want Southern at full strength because he calls 
He calls Baton Rouge Alcorn West. Uh, I think he was trying to be a funny on that, I guess because of the success that they've <laughs> had. But with that being said, they had a couple of others. I won't mention names. I won't put you on blast. But they were very interested in, you think a fine's coming down this week? You know why. They they want every advantage that they could get. No. No. Now, unless something happens right before game time, the game goes on as promised. With that being said... Uh, I was going to say, Carlos, we talked about it in the last hour. I think Dooley probably, he probably won't admit it, but he probably held his breath a little bit early in the week thinking, you know, will something come down in which we there may be a suspension or something? And nothing will, of course. The conference is still reviewing it. But I think, in my opinion, he probably was thinking something might come down. And I'm, and I'm glad it hasn't because I'm glad the conference is doing a thorough review. You don't want to. You don't want to mess this up. You know, you want to go through all your protocols, get as much video footage as you can, whatever cell phone footage you can get, whatever TV footage you can get, because when you make this decision, you got to prove it. So I think the conference is dotting their I's, crossing their T's, and making sure that they get this exactly right. And if it takes another week, so be it. The bottom line is you want to get it right. I think the conference is doing a good job and doing their due diligence and make because this. This is huge right here. I mean, if, if there is a suspension, I mean, next week is Lynchburg, but Prairie View still has got some games coming up. So you want to make sure you get this right if there are suspensions. To my eyes, I don't think there will be, just my own opinion, based on the video I saw. I don't see anything there that will warrant a suspension, maybe a fine, a reprimand, something of that sort. I don't see anything there worthy of a suspension to me, but I'm not the one making the decision, and I don't have all the video angles to look at. So – We'll see what Dr. McClellan and, and the SWAC office comes up with. I, uh, it'll be real quick. It'll be interesting. I, I don't want to see fine. I don't want to see any suspensions because it, it, it wasn't that extreme for one. But um, for two, with our fan base, I want to put the best product out for our fan base when they come and pay their hard working money for a ticket to come see a game. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want fans to be able to see the best play against the best and take all that other stuff out. And as far as any fines, I'm not the biggest, especially in the SWAT conference, I'm not as big a fan of fines because we're not power five, so fines don't just hurt the football team. They hurt the the, the university as a whole. So I don't know if the commission is listening or not. If you really want to teach the kids a lesson, make make, make the team do community service out there as a, as a punishment for, for the fight that they that. had. And, and, and get something out of it, and 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 uh, and go talk to some young kids or something like that. That way, the the the, the twenty five grand that that you find them or so will never go as long as sixty two young men go and talk to sixty two other young men and making a difference in those kids' lives and learning a lesson both ways. So, if the commission's listening, that, that maybe that's an option just for HBCUs to really become bigger in the communities that we serve and welcome. You know, I, I, I like that. And, and as you were talking about that, I, I'm thinking, BJ, that maybe, I, I said anger management class, but, you know, maybe going into the separate school systems and since social media is always there, you can kind of record it, talking to the kids about, you know, hey, a teachable moment, what happened. And then, 
maybe eventually I'd like to see those those participants get together and, and kind of talk about it. Because, you know, like we talk about during the pandemic and a lot of uh, stress and, and, and mental stress, therapy is not bad. Therapy is not bad. And particularly African-American men, we need to deal more into those certain issues. So if they could, maybe some representatives from each school, you know, get together. But I, uh, I, I'm saying, I'm saying the whole mm-hmm. team. The, I'm saying the mm-hmm. whole team because at the end of the day is the old adage: you win as a team, you lose as a team. And so you go out, and 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 it's really even more so important and kind of personal for me right now that if that they could mm-hmm. do something like that. Because no matter what city you're in right now, the the trouble is finding kids younger and younger. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, um, it's just a lack of somebody showing that kid they care for them. So you get a college player, college athlete, who they, who these kids look up to uh, and, and come and just have a conversation with them. And, and, and that'll go a long way. You may even get a kid that wasn't, wasn't considering college at all or didn't think they were college material. But now they've been exposed to a college athlete. Maybe it changes some pathway. And if we only change one, then that's better than any twenty-five grand. And I'm gonna pay for it to the commission. Teachable I agree with Quincy, yeah. man. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. I agree with him one hundred percent. You know, you can take this opportunity where, you know, you 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 can say, hey, we probably didn't put our best foot forward. Uh, but if you're able to go out, man, and reach some of these kids, particularly uh, in the local Baton Rouge area, man, we, we see negative on the news, you know, every night. Uh, when you can take that moment, you can talk to a young man about making better decisions and be being vulnerable, and that makes all the difference in the world. When you can spin that negative into something positive and save some lives uh, in, in, in the process, because we we see the end result nightly uh, in every inner city uh, in these United States about young black men making emotional decisions, rash decisions, and not thinking it through. And to, to put that on front street and, and, and to be direct with that and talk to some young black men being talked to by other young black men, it makes a big difference. And that's honestly what, what black college football is all about. It's about us and, and reaching the community. I mean, there's a reason, you know, why me and Quincy ended up, you know, at Southern. There were people in the community, you know, that reached out to us, you know, that made, you know, Southern and planning the swag and planning the HBCU a, a real thing for us. So I think that's a great idea. Well said. Well, well said, Doctor McClellan. That's a good answer from two great young men. That how this situation can be handled. All righty, Saturday, October fifteenth, upcoming games. We'll go through uh, those games quickly, and then we have one game on a Sunday. That's another whole story. Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alabama and them don't have enough time to get into the particulars of that, but there will be a game played Sunday in Arkansas Pine Bluff, 3 p.m. But today, FAMU at Grambling State, 1 p.m., HBCU Go. Hats off to HBCU Go. I've been able to watch every game and outstanding production, if I say so myself. Mississippi Valley State at Alabama State, 2 p.m., Jackson State at Bethune-Cookman, 3 p.m. Now, I've got listed ESPN Plus, but I thought it was ESPN 3. I'll go with ESPN Plus. And then, of course, Alcorn State at Southern. Guys, FAMU at Grandma State. Grandma State has the G back on their helmet. 
courtesy of social media. They putting the G back on there. Will it help them? Who, who it's going to take a lot like more than the G in the helmet. <laughs> what, what, I think it's going to take a lot more than the stick on the helmet. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Oh, and by I, the way, I forgot about this. Thanks, Roy. Albany State and Benedict. Uh, boy, it just went off. On HBCU League Pass Black, Black College Sports Network. That could also be the game a co-game of the week in uh, black college uh, football. But FAMU and Grambling State. Charles Edmond, quick answer. Who wins it? Quick answer, Florida and m Glad to see Grambling playing at home, but not enough. Florida First A&M. home game of the season. Wow. First home game of the season. First of three in a row. Mm. Quincy, who you like in this one? Fam, I ground working their way through their problems, but they still got a little more work to do. And Hugh Jackson, they trust. That's what some of the Grammanites have talked to me about. I know, watch it, Quincy, because they're going to say, oh, Quincy, that's that's Gremlin, arch rival. And look, that is true. That is true, <laughs> a true statement. But the, at the end of the day, uh, women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. Jackson, I mean, Grambling having a rough year by the numbers. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going off of maybe some emotion, but some uh, stats and data too. I think Grambling State will play respectable in the first quarter and a half, maybe the second quarter, but I think at the, in the second half, FAMU pulls away. So we're all in agreement, FAMU. Uh, will defeat uh, Grandma State. Oh, wait, BJ, did I ask you? FAMU and Grandma State? I'm sorry. Yeah, see. B- BJ's quick. BJ's quick. Mississippi yeah, Valley and Alabama State. Um, I just want to know, and I'll go last, but Alabama State, what mental state will they be in after a, a tough game with Jackson State? And uh, it wasn't a, a blowout per se. But uh, BJ, who you like in this game? And I think I think they're going to have a mental hangup. I I think you know last week uh, they felt like they let one get away, and uh, this is the type of game. And you last week's one of those games you end up losing twice because you end up losing the next week because you're still not over it. But I think Bama State gets the win of Mississippi Valley. But I think it's going to be close. It's going to be I think it's going to be very close. Quincy, uh. Do we know the status of State's quarterback? I know he had a couple nagging injuries after the oh, State Davis. game. Oh, good question. He was question. questionable uh, last I heard. He was banged questionable. Up. Yeah. And, and the reason I ask that, because if you don't know for sure he's playing or not, then it takes away the focus on your game plan because you got a game plan for two different quarterbacks as an offense mm-hmm. because one probably does something rather better. So it may take away some preparation. However, well, that all that being said, state. <laughs> I, I like Alabama State, but I, I think they'll start off sluggish. But I think Alabama State uh, gets it done. Charles, who's a, uh, I'm sure he's going to say Valley's going to finally beat somebody because they they are a better team. The record may not show it. But Charles, who do you like? 
Well, I watched Valley last week, and I, I will say that, you know, as stout as the Braves running game was, and I know some people have opinions, different opinions on it, Valley Valley really gave us a hard time in running the football. We only averaged three yards per, per rushing attempt last week, uh, holding Jarvion Howard in check in that running attack. Uh, Valley, a quarterback that's, that's still not there. They've got a bunch of injuries. They had a couple of tough injuries last week. I think just not enough, not enough bodies, not enough of anything, offense or defense. I do think there'll be a little bit of a hangover from Bama State after the game last week, but I just think they're just the better team. I'll, I'll go with Alabama State. All right, let's move quickly because we got about three minutes left. We're going to end the show just a few minutes early to uh, help out the Black College Sports Network. Don't mind being a team player. Jackson State at Bethune-Cookman. Um, I tell you what, Coach Sanders has kind of uh, changed his tune maybe a little bit. I think he was talking about playing in a professional stadium and it wasn't going to be a big crowd. I, I, I call him Coach Sensationalism now. Boy, he knows how to get, get people talking. Huh? Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman. I, I think Jackson State wins this one and they would like to uh, go back to being dominant which Bethune-Cookman team shows up, but hell, uh, Jackson State uh, will win this ball game. Um, Charles? Jackson State. That was quick. BJ? (laughs) Jackson State, big. Jackson State, big. Quincy? J-State, keep it moving. All right. Let me see these. Alabama A&M. And Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, it was supposed to be played in St. Louis, a classic. It was uh, – the game was dissolved. Now it's going to be played at, uh, on Pine Bluff's home field at 3 p.m. I'm glad I'm glad the players don't, per se, focus a lot on all the extracurricular activities. But with that being said, uh, Alabama and them now putting together some consistency. Who wins this ball game, B- B.J.? Alabama a Charles? As a native St. Louisan, that game, all court played in that game at one point in time, I am just hurt that it was canceled. You know, as a native St. Louisan, that game was to raise money for scholarships and all that. You know, don't know what happened, who dropped the ball or whatever the case. So as a St. Louisan, as a native St. Louisan, I'm hurt that that game was canceled. Uh, but nonetheless, the pick of the game, I, I do have Alabama a and Skylar Perry's not 100%. Alabama A&M. Boy, I'm more concerned with getting players back on defense. I mean, I understand Perry's uh, quality quarterback, but the Pine Bluff team I saw couldn't stop anybody. Albeit, I know they had injuries, but with that being said, I like Alabama A&M at home. Last but not least, and then we'll end the show on this, Alcorn State at Southern, uh, Charles... I know who you're going to say is going to win. Uh, I guess you're going to try to beat uh, Alcorn State. They will win. Why? Just briefly now, briefly. Defense. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put pressure on, uh, on McGray. I think defensively they will be stout. Defense. Defense. Braves. Defense. And I think they're, um, they're in the middle of the pack defensively. Albeit sacks, they're tops, but on the back end, according to stats, giving up a lot of yardage. But anyway, uh, BJ, 
I like Southern. Um, I think the, I'm going to go out and limb and say the winner of this game is probably going to represent the West uh, in the championship game. I think that these are the two best teams in the West. Um, I think Southern's hot being at home. I like the Jaguars to get it done, creating a mammoth, mammoth ma- uh, meeting in Jackson in two weeks. <sighs> Boy, I wonder why that day is special, too, because it's Southern and Jackson playing. And Quincy, it's my birthday on the 29th. I'm still trying to get <laughs> Mine's the 25th. Go! Oh, <laughs> October. I'm glad. Well, you don't have any eligibility left, but wow. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Happy early birthday, Quincy. Uh, who do you like tonight? I tell you. Uh, Jags. Valley held uh, Alcorn to three yards rushing. I think we're a little better than Valley, so we can maybe take that number down one or two. And uh, I think the offense is really just clicking. But at the end of the day, Southern diehard through and through will win. I just want a good show. And last but not least, uh, I'm going with a pick of, you ready for this? I got Southern winning. I think it's going to, and in my head, I'm going back to the Celtics and the Lakers in the 80s of basketball. Southern is the Lakers. They want to play up-tempo and fast. Alcorn says we can play fast, but we want to make it a physical half-court game. With that being said, Southern's offense and Bashawn McCray, O-line, all of them in sync right now. I like Southern. Charles, why you have that look on your face? 35-21, to 21, I – I, I have, and, and historically these games have been close. I think it's not going to be as close. If I'm wrong, you know I'll come back and say I'm wrong. But I like the Jaguars in this one, 35-21. to 21. And I don't think offensively you've seen everything that Coach Doolin them has in their arsenal. I'll just leave it at that. Guys, I appreciate it, uh, BJ. Absolutely precious child. Precious. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. And to the other half, because without her, <laughs> wouldn't be here. So it was a community <laughs> effort. Quincy, right. appreciate you coming on. We'll do it again. Um, safe travels. We'll talk real soon. Charles, appreciate it. I hope I don't have to hear that God awful chant. Because that chant you will hear in your mind. For a whole week, I don't want to hear that. Much. Yeah, if you 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 hear that well, when you know well, something Carlos, wrong. I have a I have a rebuttal to that. You know, you you, you hate the, the the Cherokee chant, but that defense, Jags defense, man, is it, it, it gets me. <laughs> you gonna hear it a lot tonight, Charles. The defensive line. You hear the light a lot tonight. <laughs> uh, want to thank Roy AD for producing we got to get out of here until next Saturday at 11 a.m. as always peace and God bless go Jags go Swag. not all corn <laughs> bye bye <laughs>